0: Welcome to another episode of our NCLEX Review Series. In this podcast, we continue to bring you valuable materials to help you prepare for your exam. Enjoy. Nursing care of clients with neurological system disorders. Traumatic brain injuries, TBI. Motor vehicle accidents are the most common cause of traumatic brain injuries. Other causes are assaults, falls, and sports-related accidents. Child abuse can also result in traumatic brain injury, for example, shaken baby syndrome, and the nurse has a legal duty to report a suspicion of child abuse or neglect. A sudden force to the head that results in an acceleration injury, a deceleration injury, or a deformation injury can cause fractures, hemorrhages, concussions, or contusions. Complications of these injuries include cerebral edema, increased intracranial pressure, brain abscess, meningitis diabetes insipidus, hydrocephalus, or death. Assessment and Analysis Subjective findings of TBI include lethargy, indifference to surroundings, and altered sensory function, such as visual or auditory. Objective findings include signs of increased intracranial pressure, such as a lack of orientation to time and space, a positive Babinski's reflex, or decorticate, flexion, or decerebrate, extension posturing. Remember that a positive Babinski reflex is expected in a healthy infant until approximately one year of age. In addition, the nurse should assess for seepage of CSF from the nose or ears, as evidenced by the presence of glucose in clear drainage. Such drainage is usually indicative of a basilar skull fracture. The nurse should assess the airway and breathing patterns and perform a neurologic assessment, including the Glasgow Coma Scale. The scale and general neurological assessment should be performed every 15 minutes for several hours, progressing to every hour and then to every four hours as the client's condition stabilizes. Planning and Implementation Nursing intervention focuses on reducing or maintaining intracranial pressure at normal levels. The head should be elevated 30 to 45 degrees to reduce venous pressure within the cranial cavity. This includes avoiding activities that increase intracranial pressure, such as the Valsalva maneuver, lifting, sneezing, neck flexion, and straining at stool. The nurse should administer prescribed stool softeners to promote defecation without straining. The head and neck should be maintained in functional alignment. The nurse should institute seizure precautions, protect the client from injury, and administer prescribed anticonvulsants. It is also important for the nurse to monitor for fluid or electrolyte imbalances. If the blink reflex is not intact and the eyes remain open, the cornea should be protected with artificial tears or ointment as prescribed. The client should be repositioned frequently to prevent pressure ulcers, or the nurse should employ the use of an alternating pressure mattress. Nutritional needs may be met parenterally or with tube feedings. Range of motion exercises should be performed, or ordered splints applied to prevent contractures. The nurse should maintain hypothermia as ordered to reduce temperature elevation, which will increase metabolic demands. Osmotic diuretics are one of the medications used to reduce intracranial pressure. These agents reduce cerebral edema by increasing osmotic pressure within vasculature, thus causing fluid to leave tissues and be excreted in urine. They are administered intravenously. Manitol, osmotrol, is one of the most frequently used agents. Its major side effects include headache, nausea, chills, fluid and electrolyte imbalance, and rebound edema when the medication is discontinued. During the use of this drug, the nurse must monitor I&O, daily weight, and serum electrolytes. The nurse must keep the head of the bed elevated and assess for signs of increased intracranial pressure, such as decreasing pulse rate, widening pulse pressure, increasing systolic pressure, unequal pupils, change in level of consciousness, or vomiting. Evaluation and Outcomes Outcomes and evaluation for the client with a traumatic brain injury include a patent airway, improved level of consciousness, remaining free from complications of immobility and injury, and returning to as near a normal state of functioning as the client was prior to the injury. Brain attack or cerebral vascular accident, CVA A brain attack occurs due to destruction, infarction of brain cells, due to a reduction in oxygen supply. An ischemic attack results when brain tissues are blocked from oxygen supply by a thrombus or embolus. 83% of attacks are this type. A hemorrhagic attack results from bleeding into brain tissue or subarachnoid space. Outcomes depend on the area of brain involved and the extent of damage. Risk factors include hypertension, hyperlipidemia, Obesity, smoking, cerebral arteriosclerosis, cerebral aneurysm, atrial fibrillation, diabetes mellitus, advanced age, and African-American ancestry. Transient ischemic attacks, TIAs, may also occur without causing permanent damage. These last a few minutes to 24 hours. They may be predictive of an impending brain attack. Assessment and Analysis An FAST or FAST assessment is recommended by the National Stroke Association. The assessment is F for face. Ask the client to smile and observe if one side of the face droops. A for arms. Ask the client to raise both arms and observe if one arm drifts downward. S for speech. Ask the client to repeat a simple sentence and observe if the speech sounds slurred or strange. And T for time. If any of these signs are observed, Call emergency services such as 911 or the rapid response team if in a healthcare facility. Subjective findings include syncope, headache, changes in level of consciousness, unilateral paresthesias, and mood swings. Objective findings include hemiparesis or hemiplegia on the side opposite the lesion in the brain. The client is initially flaccid, then spastic. A specific speech deficit is aphasia because the brain is unable to fulfill its communicative functions due to damage to input, integrative, or output centers. Types of aphasia are expressive, receptive, sensory or Wernicke's, or global, which affects both expression and reception. Dysarthria, or difficulty speaking, occurs because of paralysis of muscles needed for articulation. Dysphagia, or difficulty swallowing, can occur as well. The nurse should also assess for visual changes alterations in reflexes, and bowel and bladder functioning. Diagnostic exams include an EEG, CT scan, MRI, or cerebral angiography. The nurse should continue to monitor the client for any signs of increased intracranial pressure. Planning and Implementation The nurse should monitor vital signs but should avoid using the affected extremity for blood pressure measurement because the reading may be falsely lowered. Patency of the airway is maintained by positioning, suctioning, or inserting an artificial airway. The client should be maintained in the low semi-fowler position to decrease intracranial pressure and turned to the side to drain oral secretions and prevent aspiration. The client should be encouraged to deep breathe. Mechanical ventilation may be necessary. The nurse should provide frequent oral hygiene. Seizure precautions should be implemented and the nurse should provide care of the eyes if the blink reflex is absent. To prevent muscle atrophy and contractures such as foot drop, the client should be maintained in functional alignment, and assistive devices should be used. The nurse should implement passive range-of-motion exercises to the affected extremities when permitted. In the initial phase of a brain attack, exercises will increase intracranial pressure. Because communication difficulties may exist, It is important to encourage and assist the family to participate in the client's care. The nurse must be aware of speech difficulties and consider alternate methods such as pictures, a magic slate, or a tablet. When communicating, the nurse should face the client directly, speak slowly and clearly, and speak in short sentences. The volume of the voice should not be raised. It is also important to remember that due to interruption in communication in the brain, The client may mix up words or not be able to communicate exactly what they want. This may be frustrating and require patience on the part of the nurse and the family. The family should be informed that the client may have mood swings and may be emotionally labile. Food should be provided in a suitable form, based on the degree of dysphagia, such as mechanical soft, pureed, or thickening products. The client should be in as close to a sitting position as possible and fed on the unaffected side of the mouth. Sufficient time should be taken to allow for adequate chewing and swallowing. The family can assist with feeding if necessary, and the client should be encouraged to perform self-feeding with a padded spoon handle. The client should be instructed to increase the intake of nutrient-dense foods. The nurse should create an environment that keeps sensory monotony to a minimum. The nurse should orient the client to time and place and provide visual stimuli. It is important to place objects and self within the client's visual field, which may be altered and be limited to the right or left side of the client's body. Evaluation and Outcomes Outcomes and evaluation for the client with a brain attack focus on maintaining respiratory function, communicating needs and wants effectively, remaining free of complications of immobility, and remaining alert and oriented. Rehabilitation begins with the patient's admission to the hospital, and the goal is to maintain as much functional ability as possible. Assisting the client to cope with body image changes that occur as a result of the attack is also important. Epilepsy or seizure disorders Seizure disorders are due to an abnormal discharge of electric impulses by nerve cells in the brain from idiopathic or secondary causes, resulting in loss of consciousness and motor, sensory, and behavioral changes. There are several types of seizures, from simple focal seizures that exert no loss of consciousness to tonic-clonic, formerly grand Mall, with an aura, loss of consciousness, rigidity followed by tonic-clonic movements, interruption of respirations, and loss of bladder and bowel control that may last two to five minutes. Assessment and Analysis The nurse should inquire about the history of the type, frequency, and duration of seizures and any precipitating factors the client can identify, including sensations associated with the seizure that may constitute an aura. Depending on the type of seizure, the nurse may note no difference in the client's behavior or the client may exhibit a shrill cry as the seizure begins and air is forcefully exhaled. The client may experience loss of consciousness, tonic-clonic movement of muscles, and incontinence. Planning and Implementation During seizure activity, the client must be protected from injury and nothing should be forced into the mouth because it may cause the tongue to occlude the airway. Attempts to restrain the client should be avoided because this may cause injury from muscle contractions. The client should be positioned on the side, if possible, to facilitate drainage of oral secretions. Since the client is seizure-free the majority of the time, teaching focuses on self-care. The client should be taught how to protect self if an aura occurs, indicating an imminent seizure. The client should be encouraged to wear a medical alert tag. The client should plan a schedule that provides adequate rest and reduction of stress. The nurse should encourage the client and family to express their feelings about the illness and necessary changes in lifestyle. The nurse should teach the client about anticonvulsants and the need for continued medical supervision. Anticonvulsant therapy is usually continued throughout life. Therapy for tonic-clonic seizures includes phenytoin, dilantin, and carbamazepine, tegritol. For absent seizures... Therapy includes clonazepam, clonopin, and ethosuxamide, xerontin. For status epilepticus, therapy includes diazepam, valium, and lorazepam, ativan, administered intravenously. Major side effects of these medications include dizziness, drowsiness, nausea, vomiting, skin rash, blood dyscrasias, and hepatotoxicity. Specific side effects of phenytoin, dilantin, include ataxia, gingival hyperplasia, hirsutism, hypotension, and reddish-brown appearance of the urine. The therapeutic serum level of Dilantin is 10 to 20 micrograms per milliliter. In addition, Dilantin cannot be mixed with other IV infusions, and it is incompatible with 5% dextrose. The nurse should teach the client to take it with food to reduce GI irritation. The client should avoid alcohol and other CNS depressants, and notify the healthcare provider if fever, sore throat, skin rash, unusual bleeding, loss of balance, or seizures occur. The client should avoid abrupt discontinuation of a dilantin. Evaluation and outcomes Outcomes and evaluation for the client experiencing a seizure include that the client should remain free from injury and adhere to the medical regimen. Early reporting of medication side effects is also important. Compliance with medication therapy is often a concern because the medication can have an adverse effect on the client's emotional and physical responses, making them omit dosages. Parkinson's disease, also called paralysis agitans. Parkinson's disease is a progressive disorder with destruction of nerve cells in the basal ganglia and substantia nigra of the brain, which results in dopamine deficiency and subsequent generalized degeneration of muscular function. Risk factors include advanced age and family history. Nursing care of clients with Parkinson's disease. Assessment and analysis. The nurse should observe the client for a blank facial expression, a forward tilt to the posture, slow, monotonous, slurred speech, reduced arm swinging, rigidity and tremor of extremities and the head, and a short, shuffling gait. Subjective findings include fatigue, mild diffuse muscular pain, and depression. Objective findings include difficulty in performing usual activities, such as dressing, eating, swallowing, and walking. The client's movements will be slowed and decreased. Resting tremors may be present, accompanied by pill-rolling movements of the thumb against the fingers. Both movements are reduced with purposeful movements. Speech may be low-pitched and poorly articulated. Drooling may be present, Dementia and confusion occur in approximately 60% of individuals, especially older adults. Planning and Implementation The nurse should provide a safe environment. The client or family should cut food into small, bite sized pieces or alter the consistency to prevent choking. A diet rich in nutrient dense foods, such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, should be encouraged to improve and maintain nutritional status and prevent possible drug-induced deficiencies. The nurse should suction oral secretions as needed to maintain an adequate airway. The use of a cane or walker may be needed to promote safety when ambulating. The client and family will need emotional support and assistance in coping with the progression of the disease. Surgical intervention is limited. Options include deep brain stimulation by an implanted electrode attached to a pulse generator, and destruction of the thalamus or globus pallidus for intractable tremor and rigidity, using stereotactic nerve stimulation, neural transplant and gene transfer techniques are being studied. Medications employed in the treatment of Parkinson's disease include anticholinergics, benztropine mesylate, cogentin, dopaminergic agents, carbidopa, levodopa, Cinemet, and carbidopa, levodopa, and tacapone, Stelivo. Dopamine receptor agonists, Bromocryptine, Parlodel, Ropinarol, Requip, and Premipexol, mirapex. COMT inhibitors, entacapone, Comtan, and tolcopone, Tasmar. MAOB inhibitor, selegiline, Eldepril, and antiviral agents, Amantadine, simitrel, Major side effects of anticholinergic drugs include dry mouth, blurred vision, constipation, and urinary retention, For the remaining medications, side effects include orthostatic hypotension, ataxia, involuntary movements, emotional disturbances, nausea and vomiting, and bone marrow depression. For dopaminergic agents, the nurse should assess for neuroleptic malignant syndrome evidenced by muscle rigidity, fever, mental status changes, and unstable blood pressure. The nurse should instruct the client to avoid discontinuing a drug suddenly. The treatment controls symptoms but is not a cure, and to continue health supervision. The client should take COMT inhibitors in conjunction with dopaminergic agents, or they will be ineffective. For clients receiving anticholinergic drugs, suggest sugar-free chewing gum and hard candy to increase salivation. Teach the client to avoid potentially hazardous activities because of the drug's CNS effects and to increase fluids, roughage, and activity to prevent constipation. The nurse should monitor for urinary retention, For the client receiving carbidopa levodopa, the nurse should monitor CBC and renal and hepatic function and should teach the client to limit or eliminate vitamin B6 from the diet – for example, pork, veal, lamb, potatoes, legumes, oatmeal, wheat germ – because it decreases the effectiveness of the drug. The client should be informed regarding dosage and holiday periods. The client and family should be taught to monitor for extrapyramidal effects. Such as unsteady gait and involuntary movements. Evaluation and outcomes. Outcomes and evaluation for the client experiencing Parkinson's disease focus on coping with the disease and its progression. Participating in a daily exercise program and adhering to the prescribed medical regimen are important outcomes. Due to the client's difficulty with ambulation, another important outcome is to remain free from injuries the client and family must understand that it may take several months for a total response to medication to occur and that there will come a time when the medication is less effective. Now we'll practice an NCLEX-style question. The family of the client diagnosed with Parkinson's disease telephones the clinic and reports that despite taking the medication levodopa, DOPAR, regularly, the client's symptoms have not improved. What should the nurse tell the family? 1. An alternate medication may be necessary. 2. You should bring your family member in for further testing. 3. The condition may be more advanced and will not respond to chemotherapy. Or 4. The medication may take up to 6 to 8 weeks for a reduction in symptoms to be seen. The correct answer is 4. Full therapeutic response may take several months to develop. There is no need to bring the client in for further testing because the client needs time for the medication to achieve its full effect. The client may need an alternative medication, but it is too early at this point to determine this. The client's condition will likely respond to the medication, and there is no indication that the client's condition is too severe to respond. Let's try a multiple response question. A nurse in the emergency department is caring for a client suspected of a hemorrhagic brain attack. Which orders by the healthcare provider should the nurse question? Select all that apply. 1. Monitor I&O. 2. Encourage ambulation. 3. Perform neuro checks every hour. 4. Keep head of bed elevated 30 to 45 degrees. 5. Begin administration of mannitol per protocol. 6. Begin administration of Alteplase-Activase-Stat. The correct answers are 2 and 6. Alteplase is contraindicated in a client with a suspected intracranial bleed because this drug leads to further hemorrhage. The client should remain on bed rest to conserve energy, decrease the body's metabolic rate, and protect the client from falls. The head of the bed should be kept elevated to help decrease increased intracranial pressure. Manitol is appropriate to administer to decrease intracranial swelling. Neurochecks are appropriate in monitoring the client's neurological status. I&O is appropriate and reflects fluid balance. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating. We wish you all the best in the coming examination. See you next time.